0: You may be listening, and thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And if you've been with us all week, you know today is part three of the discussion between myself and Adam Denker of the Locked On Lightning podcast. Uh, a two-hour-plus discussion that we had that was only intended to be for one episode. But um, if you have come this far, maybe you're willing to go a little bit further. And you could could see why this conversation just kept going and going and going, because we had a lot to say. We haven't really been able to talk a lot of hockey and on-ice stuff in a very long time. So while we didn't anticipate it, It happened, and it was uh, one of the best hockey conversations that both of us have had in a very, very long time. So uh, we are going to get to that in a second, but follow the show on social medias, on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. Follow on Instagram, search for Avalanche, and send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions, anything that's on your mind to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. Before we jump into part three of the discussion. And part four and the last part will be tomorrow. That episode will be a little bit longer. Which I don't really want to do. But uh, it's either break the last part up into really small, small segments. Or a little bit longer. So that episode tomorrow might be like in the 40 minute range. Uh, But I figured with it being Friday. Finish it off on a Friday. And... uh, get back to, you know, regular five days a week with my own show uh, next Monday. So tomorrow will be the last episode. But before we get to part three today, a minor update on Cal McCarr. He went out with that mysterious injury, which pretty much any injury anybody has right now is going to be mysterious. And you're going to get the ever-so-awesome unfit-to-play or unfit-to-practice um, and I didn't know this, but the reason why I knew it was in the new CBA of of that's why you know th- that's that's going to be the official designation for for any injury. But I didn't know it was because of coronavirus, um, and, and it kind of makes sense when when you think about that. It was because players didn't want people knowing if they were not playing because of an injury or because of they had tested positive. So. You can't go back to upper body injury, lower body injury. You just have to say unfit to play. And that kind of encompasses everything, coronavirus included. So that's why they did that, which is, I thought it was interesting. But um, Nathan McKinnon gave his Zoom conference. And he was asked, obviously, because reporters are not allowed into the locker room. So they will ask anybody that's on these calls about anybody else. Even if it's not about the player that they're interviewing. And that's exactly what happened with Nathan McKinnon. They did ask him, you know, what do you think about Kale McCarr? Is he okay? And his response was, I think he'll be okay. I think he'll be healthy soon. And I think he'll be he'll be ready to play. And that was pretty pretty much the long and the short of it. So we don't know what the injury is in terms of its specifics. But um, you know, this is Nathan McKinnon who Probably talks to Kale McCarr on a daily basis, and kind of has a good insight as to how he is feeling. So, uh, I don't think if he was if he was not close to returning, I don't think Nathan McKinnon would have said that. I think Nathan McKinnon would have given the roundabout. We'll see. Uh, he he looks okay. He's feeling okay, or whatever you know, he would say to get around the question. But you said, "I think he'll be healthy. I think he'll be healthy soon." So they're at this point, they're probably just being precaution, taking precaution over it, and not returning him to play right now. So we'll see if we have more, more updates on that as the days goes on. Obviously, I'll talk about it. So before we jump into part three of the discussion with Adam, very quickly, once again, visit RockAuto.com if you are working on your car any part. Pick a random part, almost guaranteed rockauto.com has it and almost guaranteed they have it at a low, low price, lower than anywhere else you could probably check. So working on the car, rockauto.com. There is a part in the checkout where it says, how
2: did you hear from us? Just type in locked on. My name is Paul Stewart, a third generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass., I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code, PS20. Easy Feeling Wellness. Enjoy every day.
0: So here we get back to the conversation with Adam. And uh, again, talking mainly about our teams in the Avalanche and the Lightning. Get into the award ceremony that's coming up and uh, some more kind of like AHL players and kind of like surprise players and things like that today. So again, uh, a very wide-ranging
3: discussion that he and I had. So let's get to it and enjoy. Um, but yeah, I, at least you know, in the meantime, what we do know is you, know, you, you some of your players are going to be going home possibly with some hardware. Some yeah. of my guys might be capturing some hardware. Um, let's talk about the, cal- uh, the Calder real quick uh, mm-hmm. with your boy. The Calder. Oh, yeah. Yo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, now, I, before we start recording, I was telling you how like, imp- I saw him play. Uh, a couple of times this year and just how impressive he was you know it's one thing to see highlights of this guy um, online and read about him online but to watch a full game and how you know he was going out there playing like he's been in the league for three four years already right yeah Um, there was so much hype going into the season where sometimes maybe they under they're uh, they're oversold and you know I think he was possibly undersold what do you think about you know Cal McCarr. his yeah. projected as to how he actually played. Uh, he I, I,
0: just to look at him, he's so like unassuming. He's so like he just has that like you know baby
3: face features, yeah, and you're he, like, he I'm looks just gonna
0: f- blow over this guy. Like who, who's this guy that's gonna get in my way?
3: Yeah, he looks it, like he's like fresh out of high school. He it's, does, yeah. yeah, and um,
0: he's only 21, and so he doesn't even have like his
3: full like hockey body yet yeah um that's a scary thing is that like, is. these guys are so young and they're already performing <laughs> at the level they're performing and yet they're technically still really growing yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um and for him it's it's just
0: really really scary to to kind of predict what this guy is going to be in you know five years yeah. um yeah when when you when you There's there's certain guys that kind of just like jump off the screen, like, you know, McDavid and McKinnon and guys like that. Um, And Kale McCart kind of does it in another way. He just is so like slick on it. Like, you know, McKinnon just shoots out of a barrel. And McCart is just – he he is fast. I mean, he's not McKinnon fast. He is fast. Fast for a defenseman. For a defenseman. Um, And you don't necessarily – kind of like see that in his game and and before you you know it you're like oh my god he got into the offensive zone like yeah that was actually pretty quick
3: yeah
0: um and his edge work on his uh skates is just like nothing I've ever seen but he doesn't have ankles dude I don't know how (laughs) he stands up straight um and he he can take shots from angles that I've never seen before um, he is just facing in one direction and he will just rip it to the far side of the net. And you're like, how did you even learn to practice that? Yeah, uh, It's almost like, you know, like, like uh, ski jumpers, yeah. you know, it's like at what point in life did you say, I'm going to, try this. And it's yeah. almost like Camel Carr is like, I'm going to try this shot from this angle and, you know, be down almost on my knees while I do it. And you're like, what are you doing? And it's just, and he, and he nails it every time. Yeah. It's, um,
3: it's, he's an incredible player, but so is the other two guys. And having said that, I feel bad that, you know, they're both in the same conference as the avalanche, <laughs> uh, you know, Quinn Hughes, I've seen him play a little bit, but Dominic Kubalik is, you know, he, he, I think that, him and Kane, you know. Even though you said not worrying about Blackhawks, having <laughs> yeah. him and Kane on the ice together, just you know, I would not. I don't. I don't envy whoever has to play those guys. No. Yeah. And I, I, I've seen those are really the only games I've seen him
0: play, and him too. It's like he played very well against Colorado. um And obviously, I'm not too familiar with him because he's just starting out. But right. I knew his name at the end of the games when they played Colorado because he he. Yeah, he gave it his all. He he's yeah. gonna be a really good player.
3: Yeah, the Lightning had the misfortune of running into Chicago when they were going like through a very tough streak this year after mm-hmm. racking up like eleven eleven wins and it they went on a little slump afterwards and I think like their second game into their five game losing streak. Granted, you know, you would have thought how I was talking about this five game losing streak as if they were actually on a twenty game losing streak. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was the lightning are notorious. Uh, offend repeat offenders for starting off games slow. And I believe the Blackhawks were during they they caught them. They were in the middle of a winning streak as well. And I'll never forget, you know, I knew of Kubrick just like you did. And then he picked up the loose puck between right in the area between I believe the left circle and the blue line. And it looked like it was the quickest, most unassuming snapshot I've ever seen. Mm. It looked like you know, you, you look at the replay and it's like, what muscles were you using? Cause he definitely didn't use your wrist or your <laughs> forearms. Right. And he hit it. Like, I believe McInerney was in net, and you know, McInerney is, he could be a starter on a lot of NHL teams. And for him, even like after it got past him, it was like top shelf, upper 90 of the goal. Right. And you're McEnany was looking at Kouplik like, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just insane. Now, what could you say about Quinn Hughes? Now, obviously, there was a lot of hype with him, obviously, with, you know, his the Hughes hockey family, and apparently they have another brother who's going to be better than all of them. Oh, is that right? I That's what I Why hear. Why is it is. always the the last one to get in is better than all of them? I it, think, like with I, the Manning I, family? Yeah, like the I, West, I, like. <laughs> I think it, at the Sutters, uh, I, <laughs> I think it's just, you know, they see all the, the, the mistakes some of the things that they're – Brothers may or may not be doing and they work on that. You know, I think it's the sibling, yeah, it's the sibling rivalry. Now, like Quinn Quinn Hughes and Cal McCarr, I believe when they were starting to make names for themselves, I didn't believe it at first. I don't remember who said on NHL Network, but they were saying expect these guys, I believe it was Kevin Weeks, expect these guys to be fighting out for the Norris trophy for the next 10 to 15 years Uh now how much could you attest to you know you've probably watched way more Quinn Hughes maybe than I have which is zero so um they're
0: they're kind of similar in the fact that they're offensive-minded defensemen yeah and uh Hughes I think ended up with 57 points uh Makar ended up with 50 granted Makar played I think like 11 less games yeah. than uh, than Quinn Hughes did. But, and that's not slighting either one of them, just saying like they're both kind of like this new breed of defenseman who, and Makar said, um, you know, he prefers to be on the defense because he wants the, he wants all of the action happening in front of him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Quinn Hughes is that the, the same way. Um if the season hadn't ended, I, I think he would have been Quinn Hughes, I'm talking about, would have been on track for like four or five rookie records that he would have would have made. Jesus. Um on top of um, you know, franchise records within yeah. Vancouver. So yeah, I mean, he's right. Uh if it was Kevin Weeks that said it, these guys these guys are gonna be battling for hardware and battling on the ice for for a long time and yeah and the the like you're saying like all these guys are so young which is great because you know the nhl is in really good hands with its young talent we have all these guys that are kind of like kind of going maybe on the downside of their career Mm. with the crosbys and stuff like
3: that but the people who are there waiting to replace them um there's no drop in talent yeah we're not waiting a year or two for the torch to pass at certain positions. No, like no, we're not you know, waiting for the next LeBron to come. Oh like, yeah, absolutely. Him. Like, yeah. you know, like as Crosby is kind of winding it down, you've already had McDavid for X amount of years you know, where, where maybe you, you're seeing certain defensemen like a Chara or Thornton, you're already seeing a, a Kyle McCarr and a Quinn Hughes popping up here and there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I, now that I said that, I don't think Thornton's a defenseman. He's a center. Um, uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, but still, you know it's yeah. it's just one of those things where it's it's you know it's it's this is probably maybe you could think of another time, but this is probably the most uh, the biggest amount of young talent where they're legit, it's not like these guys right. aren't gonna disappear in a year or so where that i think the league has ever seen now is there maybe another time you could remember where it was maybe it was when crosby and ovechkin were starting to pop up and yeah maybe yeah i don't know and even they're
0: saying that this crop of uh like the top six seven guys in this next draft oh yeah are supposed to be even the next breed of player so It's just a gluttony of riches, right? Now, I think honestly. I think
3: I think it you gotta chalk it up to junior hockey. Junior hockey is so competitive these days mm. to where guys aren't even really I mean, ho- NCAA hockey is so much more different. Um, it's more of a obviously it's it's more of a kind of like how the Dallas Stars play. Right. And then junior hockey is just like they're just teaching you how to play in the KHL and the NHL. Yeah. So, no. um, and not only, and then, you know, yes, camel car and Quinn Hughes are going to be going at
0: it. But one guy that we haven't talked about for the avalanche is Bo Byram, who they got in the draft last year, who's a defenseman. Uh, and he he's there practicing right now. I don't think he's going to be on the final roster. I don't think mm-hmm. that he's, he's going to, he's going to cut it for this year. Um, he, People are just waiting for him to get to Colorado because I don't know what the lines are going to be. Obviously, whenever he makes his way up, right? But if it is McCarr and Byram on the same line, it's just going to be a nightmare for other teams. Oh, nice. these these two guys are so. Yes, it could be McCarr and Quinn, but you most likely will be able to add Byram to that. Really, uh, trifecta wow. of yes, it's it's going to be. That that division is going to be going to add it defensively for a very very long time. <laughs> yeah, that's no,
3: that's great that like you guys have that that perfect balance between a win now team and then, all right, you know, no pressure really because we have all this talent. Oh lighting. yeah. Whereas the Lightning, right. on the other hand, You're right, we have, to, we have to win now <laughs> because because uh, during the trade deadline they traded their they had two first round draft picks. Mm-hmm. Um, Granite they being as how good they were with their record they you know then again you know how deep sometimes these draft classes is you could possibly get a diamond in the rough Mm -hmm. but the lightning they traded their their first overall prospect and their first overall draft pick to new jersey for blake coleman um and then they traded the other one that they got from vancouver uh in the jt miller trade to san jose for okay. for Barkley Goodrow. Um, so it's just one of those things where, that's why before I placed the emphasis where this is, that adds more pressure to, to Cooper. Because yeah. if you don't win now and guys are aging like a Stamkos, like a headman, you know, you're not going to have, you don't really have much waiting in the wings. Yes, you have top quality guys, but these guys aren't, these guys are more so, second line forwards, second, right. pa- second pairing, possibly third pairing. Maybe uh, Volkov could be a p- potential first-pairing defenseman. But other than that, I mean, they have this one prospect. He's, he's at University of Denver right now, Magnus Krona. He's 20 years old. Uh, you know, he still has another year to develop. But with all the uncertainty around the NCAA coming back, there, he might just make the jump to the AHL. Um, now, is there any players? I did a segment on today on you know my past my last show about how maybe some we might see some of these prospects making the jump earlier than expected because of the uncertainty. Is there any guys with the Avalanche that possibly could be swinging that way from college straight to the AHL instead of waiting longer than they should?
0: Um, I, I don't think so, and I think it because it's not necessary. Right. Like they 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 are they're set up with what they have. They are they're not needing to dip into yeah. the pool yeah. to kind of like forcing their hand of like, well, oh, maybe we can get hot with this guy. They have um another guy, last name is uh, new Newhook, who um he's going back to school for a second year. He already announced it that he's going back because there's no rush for these guys to come. Yeah, that's the
3: thing. Like yes. Krona yeah. Krona is I mean, he's literally. Vasilevsky's twin brother. He's six four. He's over two hundred pounds. He's nineteen years old. Um, and but and he has such raw talent and power. But at the same time, he he could go back. It's not going to hurt him if he goes right. back for his sophomore year. Now, guys like a a Sammy Walker, who is the number one, who is the number nine rated prospect. He's at University of Minnesota. He's twenty two right now, I believe. So you know, some of okay. these guys might get antsy to wear. All right, I'm going to be 23 in a year at the end of you know next season, and he's always he's going into his junior year now.
1: Right. So
3: whereas you know he might want to think about making the jump now, could that possibly not only the Lightning or even like the Avalanche? Could you see that you know maybe some players getting anxious and saying, you know, what, I'm probably not going to have a season next year. Let me just you know since this team has my rights, let me just go even if I don't play in the playoffs, at least, you know, I'm, I'm doing something at the professional level where at least I could start getting stronger now instead of waiting another year and getting into the system and such. Do you think that could potentially hurt a lot of players going forward in their careers? Or do you think, you know, it's not going to be a big deal. It's only one year, man. That's a, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. It, it could, it, it's one of those
0: things that could go either way um and then you know as you're describing that the one i'm thinking of is like i said bo byram who is there practicing um but i and i think he he's there with the intent of trying to make this team i don't think he's just there to be a body for the starters to hit you know what i mean i think he really wants to try to make this team um it's just it's a, a uphill climb for him right now because there would be and i said this on my show the avalanche don't, they don't need him there right now. And if they were to put him in there because he has all the talent in the world, um, but he's not NHL ready. Uh, mm-hmm. But if they were to put him in there and they lost a series because of mistakes he made, could the avalanche live with that? And I, mm-hmm. the answer to that is no, because they're they're in a position to win a Stanley cup. Right. If they, if they were, if they were one of these teams that got in because of this, this is a freak, Postseason, and you know you you're like a Montreal Canadiens team or Blackhawks team that got in because they expanded the playoffs, and you wanted to try some things. Okay, I'm I'm okay with that, but I don't put him in there right now because um, I don't think he's 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 ready. He, he definitely will be. You will hear his name over and over again mm-hmm. in the next year or two. Uh, but to put him in there because of you know he was a number four overall pick, he was a number one defensive the defenseman picked um and because you have such high expectations for him just to throw him in there because of that right now when you already have a team that
3: can can go out and do what you want them to do mm-hmm. doesn't really make sense to me right now right now like you that's funny that you you brought up you know the teams that are weren't really expected to 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 come and you know go make the playoffs at all um but now they're in it you know just by luck and now yeah. they're they're kind of I know the Canadians are the one team that they brought up, like, I think three of their top prospects and like with the intention of you guys are going to have to help us out (laughs) because we don't have much. Um, I think the, yeah. So that's, that's kind of an interesting thing now, like got, you know, I could see a situation where like, especially in the playoffs, there's so much pressure where a guy could, you know, it's his first time ever playing and he totally you know falls flat on his face and they lose the series because of it and that could potentially change his career for the worse yeah or you could come out and have kind of like a tory crew kind of thing where you score your first you know it's just you never gonna know but i mean it i think just for me if i was the gm especially if it's my top prospect and there's no need to have him you know if he wants to take reps with the team that's great but you don't want to kill a guy's confidence, especially on right. one of the biggest stage in the game. Now, a guy that, you know, who is going to have a ton of confidence, uh, Nathan McKinnon, because he's going to have a ton of hardware, potentially, <laughs> once the voting is concluded. He's right. in the running for not only the Ted Lindsey, but the Lady Bing. Right. Um, you know, what do you think his chances are against Leon Dreisaitl? And, you know, the, the, black, the black horse, uh, Artemi Panarin, yeah. who who – I was shocked. I mean, we all knew how good he was when he was in Columbus and Chicago, right? but to go from the market that Columbus is, and I'm not discounting Columbus, Ohio. I'm sure. It's a great city, right. but <laughs> you know, Columbus isn't New York. No, no. And just, yeah. to go from there and to take less money to play on Broadway and to play as well as he did is just, it's mind blowing. Like I, fully expected a guy like that. When I saw that he signed with the Rangers, was I shocked that he decided to go to the Rangers instead of the Islanders? No, I think any one of us would choose the Rangers over the Islanders. Right. Um, but for him to score and to play the way he did to take, not only his level of play up to a five, but to a 10, sure. it was now, do you <laughs> think he has any real chance to really win this and beat out McKinnon and dry Or do you think this is just a two horse race?
0: Well, uh, first, I'll say uh, I, I'm a little annoyed that he went to the Rangers because it, ca- it came out not even a month ago that Nathan McKinnon was pushing hard for him to come to. I re-
3: I remember there being some talk about him going or him. But there was some rumor flying it was around. There. Yeah, and I was actually relieved because I was like, I don't, I don't want this guy anywhere near the Eastern Conference. I don't want him, regardless if he's in another <laughs> division. Because yeah. he's the kind of guy that it was only a matter of time with his skill set until he figured it out and put everything together. And he yeah. finally did. He did. Um, and and I guess,
0: you know, he he called Nathan McKinnon after he picked the Rangers and, and apologized.
1: <laughs>
0: Sorry I did, I didn't choose Colorado, but it sounded like Colorado was the
3: second choice. How um, would how would they have even fit him? Would he have been first line with McKinnon and where where do you fit in? You know, cause I because you I guys remember. i mean just glancing at your roster, yeah, I wouldn't say you're like you know you're not like a you're not like a cheap cheat sheet in terms of just picking all the best players, but you're pretty stacked <laughs> from from yeah. first line to third pairing, so yeah yeah i uh,
0: I don't know it would have been it it would have been disgusting really
3: to, to to see that that are team. we are we talking hundred and thirty points oh for for Panarin or for McKinnon? For both. <laughs> for both. <laughs> because it's they could both bad. score. They could both pass. Yeah. where oh, yeah. And, you know, you get the right goaltending. This team is possibly outdoing what the Lightning did last year. It's very, very possible if he's on. And what would have been scarier than anything is, like, the power play. Oh, my God. The power that play. Would've... That's why I, I said, like – what Western Conference could have taken him. I don't care if he went to Vancouver <laughs> or Arizona. Like, yeah. And uh, if, if there's one
0: area that the Avalanche do need to improve on, it's that. So he, he would have, you know, that would have been fixed overnight if he signed with them. But, you know, he went where he went and it kind of showed me or told me he wanted a stage. He wanted to play on a big stage. He went, like you said, he went there for less money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think he wanted, uh, yeah, you're, you're coming, you're, you're leaving Columbus. Um, and while, you know, Denver, Colorado is a big city in terms of hockey, it's not the biggest market. He mm-hmm. wanted the market to go to. So, okay. well,
3: I mean, that might all change now with the, the, the new CBA and the, the owners and the players working together to promote the game. You know, you could yeah. see, you could very well see Nathan McKinnon billboards, not only all over Colorado, but you know, in the neighboring oh, sure. States, um, You know, that's how do you feel? How wide open do you think this is? Are we going to see like super teams now in the NHL? I don't know. I think about that all the time with like how the NBA is just. How uh, I I think about that too. How would that even work? You know, because like Like, I mean, you have you have like a mini one up in Toronto with Marner, Tavares, and Matthews and Bear and. You know, I mean, it would ha,
0: you would have to get everybody kind of thinking like Panarin to take less money. The money is just not there. Yeah, to get all these guys in the same team, it's just you'd have to get those guys together to say like, you know, guys that haven't won a cup and say, all right, let's do it the cheap route, and this is how we can get a cup. You know, people aren't going to like it, but let's take five million. A well, year
3: just well, to- the Red Wings kind of did that. They kind of became the destination for players kind of on the back end of their their careers just wanting a cup you know they had Luke Robitaille they had Brett Hull yeah um you know that could possibly kind of be like a new thing granted I mean I don't think players these days especially now with all the money that's going through hockey um I don't think they're gonna take less money I don't think like you're Uh. gonna see like a like a Joe Thornton you know take less money or I mean his contract's gonna be up already, but I'm saying like if he had the choice of getting more money in San Jose or possibly winning a cup on like a, a two million dollar deal or something ridiculous like that, I think he's taking the money. Cause <laughs> totally nothing right. nothing's ever guaranteed, especially in hockey. We saw it with the lightning last year we saw it with the wild a couple years ago and they yeah. won the conference and blew it in the first round yeah exactly it's um, a little bit different in basketball it, yeah it's it's, it's, it's one right. of those things yeah right. um yeah. Now, but
0: to 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 just to yeah. backtrack a little bit and, and answer your question on the
3: uh assume you know that assuming the heart is going to be uh because when are they announcing that i believe it's going to be right before the stanley cup finals because okay. that's where they're doing the Vezina. So I'd assume they're all doing yeah. it at once. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and who knows if the, the
0: Ted Lindsay is a microcosm of what the Hart Trophy could be. But just talking about, like, the Ted Lindsay Award, could uh, Panarin get that? Yeah, I, I'm really interested, interested to see where the voting goes um, for the Ted Lindsey and for the Hart, um, because you, you, it's one of those things where you definitely can make an argument for all three of those guys. For, for Nathan McKinnon, yeah, my argument is, yes, a lot of teams play with injuries. Um, the Avalanche played with injuries the entirety of the season. He, and he, he escaped right up until the end. He was hurt going into the break. Or not the break, the suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, so he lucked out in that aspect. He was going to be out for a few weeks. So um, what he did with all of those guys, it was a re- revolving door of just injuries. Um, now the argument could be made for Dreisaitl that he lost the ultimate player in Conor McDavid for a Mm -hmm. little while, and he continued to do the same thing. So that's where the term value comes in. Like, it's not just best player, it is value. Um, Yeah, and all those guys have incredible value to their team. So I think it's going to be a pretty close race.
3: I really do. I think the only thing that maybe works in the favor of – mckinnon and Drysidal is that regardless of if they you know canceled the season when they did or played it out fully those two teams were still making the playoffs the rangers were on the bubble and right. the other and granted yeah they were on a roll i remember then but still who knows they could have easily gone on a on a rough patch to end the season and could have missed it by a point exactly um so but it, i think a lot of people i saw the one thing is that well without Panarin, they wouldn't have even had a chance to have a chance. You know. <laughs> right. So which I mean it is that, kind of a stretch. But yeah. um <laughs> now the Lady Bing, um, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on like the the real? Obviously that goes towards, you know, the the most gentlemanly conduct, aka the less, you know, the 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 least amount of penalty minutes and you know all that stuff. Um what how much of an importance is that towards you? You know Granted, um, it is impressive that McKinnon only had twelve penalty minutes. Which I, dude, I didn't know. I, I I look at his stats all the time, and
0: for some reason, I just skipped over penalty minutes all the time. I, he's a he is a, you know, nose to the grindstone player. He doesn't take crap from anybody. Um, so to only have twelve penalty minutes really shocked me. He he he's a hard nosed player. Um, and the thing that kind of. It, I, I was shocked that he was even nominated for it. And I know it, a lot of it goes of, off of penalty minutes. Um, but he, he's kind of a son of a bitch when he's playing. Like oh, yeah. He, he, he lets the refs have it. Uh, he plays fair. He's not a cheap shot artist yeah. by any, at all. Um, but he, he doesn't let the refs escape like his wrath when he wants to. And I think that should come into play when it comes to the Lady Bing Award. Yeah. Um, so that kind of surprised me a little bit. I don't think he'll win that one. Um, I believe Ryan O'Reilly is up for that.
3: Yeah, and Mad Matthews. Night.
0: And I, I just feel like when Ryan O'Reilly's career is done, it's going to be renamed the Ryan O'Reilly Award.
3: Yeah, he's uh, he's like one of the most polite players in the league. <laughs> he really is. He yeah. he 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 lays out a bedsheet before he hits you <laughs> on the ice. <laughs> ask you if you're tucked in okay. <laughs>
0: So yeah, I don't I mean I, I don't anticipate that one, but um here I am thinking that McKinnon hopefully will win the Lindsay and the Hart, and he'll probably lose both of those and win the Lady Bing. who will probably go in the opposite direction.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know what that's it's always nice to have the best player on your team. Um and especially if win a tro- I mean, I it's a good sign, you know, you have if you if you have two players on your team, not only winning the quote-unquote mvp award but also the, um, the 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 rookie of the year awards where you know you have something that you have right now that is great and then you also have something you're going to look forward to for right. many years to come yeah um,
1: absolutely don't luca now but the los angeles clippers might be in trouble from our local experts to your ears these are the biggest stories on the locked on podcast network And finally, sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so
0: I think that's a good place to stop for today. And uh, like I said, tomorrow will be the fourth and final installment of uh, this conversation I had with Adam. Great, great guy. Very knowledgeable. Loves hockey, as you can see. So, um, I, I man, the more I think about that Panarin possibility, I almost wish I could have been like a bug in Nathan McKinnon's ear just being like, try harder. Try harder, and I'm sure he was trying as hard as he possibly could to get him to come to Colorado. Um, but you know, it, it begs the question: What other players has he tried to recruit that didn't work out, if any? I don't know. Um, but man, if they could have landed him in Denver, I don't, I don't think there'd be any doubt who the favorite is. Because right now, it's a, I mean, it's a toss-up for everybody because of the, you know, the four-month break. If there was no break, you'd probably say Boston in the East. Uh, maybe Tampa would be thrown in there. I think your top four would be the top four teams right now. in, in uh, well, The top two teams in each division. Between Boston, Tampa, St. Louis, and, and uh, Colorado. Maybe because the Flyers were playing pretty well. They might be thrown in there, but who knows? We'll never know. Pretty much everybody is starting from scratch. So, uh, But yeah, the Panarin thing... I might live with that one for a little while just because of the, the what-if possibility. So, But he went where he went. Had a great season. And obviously he's up for the heart and the Ted Lindsay, just like Nathan McKinnon. So, okay, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be it for today. One more to go, and that will be tomorrow. We will see you then. If there's any other updates on Camel Car or anybody else involved in the Avalanche, we're definitely going to be talking about that here. So until then, stay safe. And here is Jovi.
1: Go, Abs, go!